What's up, Grizz Nation and uh, DraftKings? <laughs> like we, 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 we get some people that are not necessarily Grizzlies fans this time of year because we dive into draft coverage. So I don't know. I got to change the entrance. I'll work on that, uh, the intro. I will work on that for the next episode. This is the Sports Ethos Grizzlies podcast. I'm David. He is Isaac. The 2023 NBA draft lottery happened last night. So we're going to lead off talking about the the top five picks and kind of who we think is going to go where. We're not going to dive super far into that. We've got a lineup of five guys that we're going to talk about, new prospects to break down. But Isaac, we know that San Antonio is one. Charlotte is two. Portland is three. Houston is four. Detroit is five. So lead us off, man. What do you think? Uh, what do you think one through five is going to look like? Yeah, man. At, at the top pick, I just had a feeling the entire time, like even going back early in the season, it just felt like Victor Wembanyama would end up in San Antonio, and that's exactly what we got. Um, uh, for him to end up in San Antonio, I mean, they seem to have that European connection for years, and it just makes a lot of sense. Um, and I think Pop kind of hung around hoping that he would find himself in a situation just like this, man. And I, so I think he's going to coach at least a few more years to kind of try to get this thing started in San Antonio. I, I think it's a great fit, but a lot of Grizzlies fans were kind of upset that, that San Antonio ended up with the number one pick. And and I wasn't really upset. I kind of felt like I would have rather for San Antonio to get number one pick than say Houston. Cause you had Victor women in Houston and they, they really got something cooking down there with the EMA. Cause even though we, the transgression and stuff that happened in Boston. He's, I think he's a hell of a basketball coach and I think he's going to really help that team. I think he's going to bring more discipline. Um, I think they're going to be better defensively and that would have been a, a big time pickup for them. I think they would have been a real threat, uh, to make the playoffs if you had them. And I think even without adding them, they still have a, t- a top five pick. I think they're going to be on the upward swing, but with San Antonio, I think they're farther away than Victor Winmanana. Um, I think they still need more pieces. I, I, I still don't. I still don't believe they're a playoff team next year, even with it, with him. I think they're farther away than, than some other teams would have been if you had them. So I'm not super worried. I know it's in the division. I would have rushed for him to go in the East, but I'm not super worried about that. But not not any drama with the number one pick. San Antonio will be taking Victor Women Yana number one. Uh, but the drama kind of starts at, at pick number two uh, with Charlotte. You have LaMelo Ball um, already there, and the consensus count of number two pick is Scoot Henderson. Uh, from 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 G League at night, um, a guy who I don't necessarily think he's going to have the career that Victor Wembanyama has if he stays healthy, but I think he's right there. Um, I, I think he's a generational type talent could have like a job Morant type impact uh, on whatever team that he goes to. And like I said, you already have Lamelo Ball there, and I, I'm going to ask if for me, Scoot is so good. Like I said, I think he's a generational talent. I think Victor Wembanyama's and, and Scoot Henderson. I think even though Brandon Mills is a really good player, I draw a line on the Scoot Henderson. I think those two guys are on a different tier, different plane than the rest of the guys here in the top five. I think I, I still, if I'm Charlotte, I still take Scoot Henderson and just find a way to to make that work. Um, I know Brandon, people would say well, Brandon Mills is a better fit, but I, I just don't know if I could pass on Scoot Henderson. What, what kind of what are your thoughts on that, David? Uh, I I agree with you in, in that aspect of it. The the general manager for the Hornets has kind of said, "Oh well, we're in a position where we can, you know, go fit more than than best player, and maybe that's foreshadowing that they're looking at going Brandon Miller." But I think 
the the talent separation between the two, I just don't it, it it's gonna be a mistake. If Charlotte yeah, I agree. If Charlotte takes anybody other than Scoot Henderson number two, I think five, six, seven years down the road, it's gonna be an easy, oh my God, what were they thinking? And you know, you you can try to rationalize, oh well this guy Fits better, you know, they got LaMelo, da-da-da-da. You're playing LaMelo and Terry Rozier side-by-side, and Scoot is not the shooter that Rozier is, but LaMelo's still young. The core of that team is young. Have your, your, like, lock up LaMelo and Scoot, and you know your guards are good. Like, you you don't have to worry about your guard position at that point. I, I just, I like Brandon Miller a lot, but... To me, it's – I've said on Twitter, and I'll say it on here, I'm not scared to say this. I like Scoot almost Yeah, I know you're way point, out on like, – yeah. yeah, like I like Scoot almost to the point that I would consider taking Scoot over Wibanyama. And I know what tools Wibanyama has. I've watched video on him. I've watched a ton. You know, you, you could watch him – they were the NBA app. They were streaming his game. So, you know, I've, yeah. I've watched um, him play and I know what the possibilities, I know why everybody's like, okay, this is a guy that could be a, you know, top X player ever in the league. But I think that Scoot Henderson can be that as well, man. Like he, at his age, the way that he manipulates the, the pick and roll, his body maturity already at this, this age, there's a lot of things that he has that I think are going to easily translate to the next level. And that to me, that's just a good pairing. Um, You know, is LaMelo going to be okay playing off the ball? Is Scoot going to be okay playing off the ball? There's a lot of stuff that you have to work out with that. But to me, when your team is that far away, you take the best talent and figure the rest out later. You don't worry about fit because fit can often backfire you know, we we can go on and on about the the people that were drafted in front of, you know, I mean, Shea, SGA went went eleventh in in his draft, and you know, like heading into that draft, was he that type of talent? No, probably not. But you know, there there are a lot of players that get drafted for fit instead of best player available, and there's a lot of times that that does not work out. Yeah, man, I'm sure Michael Jordan was hoping those ping pong balls fell his way. Uh, he's in the process of possibly selling the team right now, and getting women Yana would have definitely raised the ceiling and raised the price on, on that team. But uh, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm not still so far down the line that I would take Scoot Henderson or women Yana, but I think he's right there. And Charlotte is a team that's so far away, man. They just need talent. And when you're in that position, in the, in the talent acquisition part of your rebuild process, you just take. You need to take the best available player. Um, and I think, like I said, I think women, Yana and Scoot Henderson. I think you draw a line, and that's not being negative about Brandon Miller or anything. I love Brandon Miller as a prospect. I just think those two guys' potential and upside are just on a different level than the rest of the guys on the draft. So if I'm Charlotte, I take take Scoot Henderson. Um, and it, it, things really get interesting at number three with Portland. There's a lot of talk out there already that the Blazers are talking with Toronto as possibly moving that pick, possibly for. OG Ananobi or, or Pascal Siakam. And that makes it interesting because I think Portland would probably rather for Charlotte to take Brandon Miller. 
So it, it leaves Scoot Henderson for them because I think they're going to be in a po- market for a point guard because it looks like Fred Van Vliet is probably on the way out of there as well. Uh, so they're probably going to be in a market for a point guard. And Brandon Miller is a forward, and they already have. if they Whichever one of those guys they keep, if they have OG Ananobi or Pascal Siakam, or if they still have both of those guys, I don't know if they make the trade, they're probably moving one of those guys. But he's not the best fit. So I'm probably sure they probably – obviously, we've talked about we'd rather have – Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller, I'm sure they probably would too under that scenario. So it'd be interesting to see how that plays out. But if I'm Portland and they're standing at that pick, which doesn't make any sense to me because the situation and timeline with Dame getting older, I, I just don't know if you want to get younger as a team. You need to be making moves, I think, to bring in veterans if you're going to keep that together, which I think they should blow it up personally. But they've just been stubborn over the years. Dame been, has been stubborn about it, and the organization has been stubborn about being real about the situation and being in a rebuild. I, I, in, in that scenario, if Charlotte goes Scoot Henderson, I think if I'm them, I'd probably just take Brandon Miller. I, I just don't. I, I think Dave eventually is going to end up being moved or asking out. I, I just think that's where it's going. Um, and in, in that scenario, you have a good young piece uh, in Brandon Miller to, to build around. I know you could have a veteran in OG Ananobi or something like that, but I think I'd take my chances with Brandon Miller if I was them. Uh, number four in Houston, uh, I think a perfect fit for them. And I think it Lines up perfectly. I'm Ben Thompson. Uh, you already have a smaller guard in Jalen Green at six four. You bring in a six seven point guard. I mean, I think that's a a perfect match. Um, I, I think that really sets them ahead. Um, I, I think they were already kind of in a position to take a leap forward. Especially, I think Ime Udoka is going to be a really good coach for them. And and I'm Ben Thompson next to Jalen Green. That's going to be a I think a pairing to be reckoned with for for years to come. That's something the Grizzlies got to deal with in that division, man. That's not necessarily something that I, I would like to see, but I think that's good for the Rockets. I think it's really good for our men. I think that's a perfect fit because bringing in a smaller point guard when your shooting guard is 6'4 is not really what you want, and him being 6'7", I just think that's a perfect match. And at 5 with Detroit, if I'm them, I, I think I'd take a Sir Thompson. Um, I, I think they, they kind of get move him into that small four position um, along with uh, Kate, uh, Kate Cunningham and Jaden Ivey, um, and I think that, that'd be a really good fit there. So, that's kind of how I ride out, round out my top five. But it's going to be interesting there with two and three. Uh, see what Charlotte does there, whether they go Scoot, whether they go Brandon Miller, and see if Portland really moves off that third pick. Yeah, I you know, th- there's talks about it already. So I, I think that, you know, it's probably a pretty safe bet that they're going to move off of that pick. Um, but I think it depends, right? Like, it, it depends on – where that pick ends up, like, like who, who gets it? Like if it is Toronto and Freddie Van Vliet is gone, then are they going to look at Amen Thompson? Like if Scoot is gone and, and Toronto and ends up with three, are, is Toronto looking at Amen Thompson over Brandon? Miller? Yeah, that, 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 that's a really interesting. Would they take uh, Amen Thompson over, over Brandon Miller? That's a, a interesting because Brandon Miller is kind of that consensus third guy. But I mean, mm-hmm. like, like you said, when you're, team and you take the guy that you like i mean they don't always go on what the consensus is uh because there's been times where the consensus has been a mistake i mean Hashim to beat was the consensus number two pick and we we saw how that worked out so man if you like a guy man take him and i think our man's going to be a hell of a player too i think he's a little bit behind scoot as far as poor guards concerned there's still some things he's to work on as far as jump shot and, and stuff like that but if they move off of uh van bleet and it is to, to, to toronto um, I definitely think he'd be a good fit there, but it'd be hard to pass on Brandon Miller, though, but we'll see. 
Yeah, so my my top five is essentially like it's pretty close to to what you have. You know, we we don't know what's going to happen with that trade, so I'm just going to base it off of if Portland's making that pick. So I'd, I'd have Victor one, Scoot two, Miller three, Eamon Thompson. You talked about the fit in Houston; that'd be perfect. They need a true point guard. He would be really really good. And but because of the type of coach that Ime Doka is, I think that what he brings defensively would be like. Almost that would be like a a hand in a glove type fit. Yeah, but it's just perfect. That I I think five is really where you know the trade for three is going to kind of make it interesting. Yeah, but, but five is really where it opens up because you look at you know like we're we're going to talk about Jarris Walker. He's nineteen years old. He's a guy that could easily go five. Amen Thompson's brother is Sora that we talked about. He could go five. Cam Whitmore out of Villanova has unbelievable tools. I think that he's going to be an impact player in the league from day one. Um, and then like a little bit, he, he's a little bit farther down the board, but Taylor Hendricks from, from UCF six foot nine inch. Four, yeah. I really, really love it. Like I, big fan of his. yeah, it would not surprise me to D to see Detroit go after somebody like that. Like the Detroit's core is young. You're talking about Cade. You have Cade Ivy, um, they they traded for um, oh my goodness, dude! I know his name and it. Oh, just, uh, he, yeah, they, they traded for Wiseman. They got Jalen Duran. You know they they've got some good young pieces there, and so your guards are good, your bigs are good. Get you a forward to plug in the middle there, and, and Taylor Hendricks. You can definitely make an argument for him. You know, the, depending on where you're at. I really when we were talking about the Thompsons brothers. I like Azor because of his ability to shoot. And he's going to have guys in Ivy and K that can get him the ball. He's already going to be a plus defender. So I think that would be a good fit in Detroit. Yeah, that's who I, I have. I think, I think, you know, he'd like, be a great fit there. It's a small four position. I think you have, there are at least, I would say, four to five guys after pick number four to like, Assuming that the top four go Victor, Scoot, Miller, and Amen Thompson at five, there's four to five guys that could legitimately go five, and it wouldn't be a stretch by any means. Yeah, and, and you bring up Taylor Hendricks. Uh, that I, that's interesting because he's a guy that I really like. I've seen a lot of him covering Memphis uh, and being there at American. Uh, great size, man. Got a lot of shooting upside. Uh, anytime you have a guy that would shoot upside at that height. I mean, you have to take a look at that. And I definitely think he would be a good fit there um, in Detroit. So like you said, man, a lot of guys, man, they just need a forward to kind of complete that that lineup because, I mean, they're super talented, super young, super talented, and a lot of guys with a lot of room to grow. That team could be scary uh, two, two, three, four years down the line. Um, yeah, I think they're just kind of missing that piece there at the at the three. Um, and, and any of those guys, I think, would fill in really well there. So let's jump into uh, let's jump into somebody that the Grizzlies have worked out, and we'll lead off our first prospect of the night, Lamont Butler, six foot two inch guard out of San Diego State. If you didn't know him before the NCAA tournament, and you watched the NCAA tournament, you know who he is. He is the guy that hit the buzzer beater yeah. to send San Diego State to the championship game over FAU, and so. I'm digging through. I'm watching. I I had not really dug into him any at all prior to the tournament. 
And, and I've always said, I saw somebody talking about Brandon Miller and how bad he played in the tournament. And they're like, how can you take him at three when he played that bad in the tournament? It's like, yeah, that, that's a small sample size. Yeah. Tournament overreaction, that, man. That's, yeah. that's always the thing that people get into. And so, you know, like, I, I don't know that Butler is the guy that they're looking at at 25. You know, he's not projected anywhere near the first round. But he, he's got a lot of tools for a team that needs a backup point guard. Not that you want to have to pay somebody like the Grizzlies are paying Tyus right now. That This is a guy that can step in and, and fill that role. He's a guy that can score off of the bench. Six foot two is going to kind of limit him a little bit defensively. He's not going to be super versatile, but he's got a really good mid-range game. I like – so when he's matched up against a guard, when, when I was watching the film, the first thing I wrote down, I'm like, man, he finishes well through contact as well. But it depends on the size of the defender. If he's matched up against a guard or somebody around his size, he can use his body and finish through contact. But if you get length on him, he struggles. And so that that's something that he's going to have to work on if he wants to be um, effective at the next level. Uh, I like the way he moves without the ball. I, I just – I don't know, man. What do they – I, I know they have 25. What's the next one? Is it? Uh, somewhere in the 40s, 44, I want to say, 43. 45, 45, 45 for Minnesota. 45 and yeah. 56. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, that that late in the draft, you're just, you know, you're taking a chance on a guy that has he, – he's more, he's made more than one last-second shot this year. Yeah. He made more uh, than their conference that that Yeah, and, and so guys that have the clutch gene, <laughs> that's a good thing to have. Guys that can handle the pressure and play under pressure – that that's a huge plus. So he's definitely not somebody I would shy away from, but I just don't know, you know, with them working him out, like, okay, what, what pick are we talking about? Where are they looking at him? Yeah. Most, most of the guys they're working out now, I think they're just kind of doing their due diligence. They, they're probably having some workouts of, of bigger guys that they probably don't even announce. You, you, a lot of times early, you will see the teams, they're working out a lot of guys that are not even showing up on draft boards. And that's kind of, what we're seeing here. I don't know if I've seen him on any boards uh, that, that I've looked at, but yeah, man, uh, 6'2", 200 pounds. Uh, I think he's, he's more of a combo than a pure point. Uh, I'm out of surprise in San Diego State. I don't think anybody expected to see them make a run to the national championship game, uh, but uh, yeah, hit a hit a big shot against FAU to, to put them in that game. Had 13 points, went three for seven from three in that championship game. Uh, like I said, I think he's more of an undersized two. Um, I think there's some positive there because this team is looking – we've seen them play John and Tyus together, so you definitely could play uh, John and L- Lamont Butler together if Tyus is not there. So he's a guy that you could put on the floor and try to steal some minutes uh, with, with John on the floor. Um, so he can be a primary ball handler. You could put him on the ball, put John on the ball, and vice versa at times. Um, he has some good vision. Um, I, I saw some, some, some court vision uh, and passing upside from him on film. Um, I, I think that's definitely there. You just don't want him – to have to be a primary point guard because he did average two turnovers a game uh, to 3.2 assists. So that's not a not a fantastic ratio, uh, but I, I saw some pretty nice passes uh, that he made. He's a much better mid-range shooter than he's a three-point a three shooter right now. Um, he shot 34.2% from three um, on three attempts per game, uh, but 40 of 117 overall, so a pretty good sample size. I, I think there's probably some upside there. I mean, 34% is not great. Uh, but he shot a, a pretty good volume. He got, got 117 up on on the season and hit 40 of them. So I think 
if he continues to work on that shot, I think he's a guy that can will definitely be a capable three point shooter um, if he makes it to the next level. Uh, so he does, like I said, man, he doesn't shy away from the big moment. Hit hit two big shots in the NCAA tournament. Even going back to the season, hit one like you said in uh, the conference tournament. And he hit some in, in the regular season as well. Uh, not not necessarily game winners, but big time shots late in games, big time plays late in games. Um, as you said, finishes through contact really well. Um, I mean, he's an interesting prospect. Uh, I, I know I know why the Grizzlies kind of brought him in. They the Grizzlies sort of definitely have a type. Um, they a lot of times, especially when you they look they look at under under Harold guys, guys that may not get all the accolades, but they they see something in them um, in, in a, a certain place that they could fit um, on this roster. And I think that's the same thing. Even same kind of same thing with Slauson. Some guys that might have some shortcomings, guys that other teams might not be be looking at. Uh, and, and they see something different in them, and they're not scared to go after those guys. So uh, in the second round, uh, for maybe even undrafted free agent, you're going to have three two-way spots this year. So looking at these guys can definitely pay dividends, um, even on the undrafted free agent market, if these guys end up not getting picked. He, he's a guy that, that I would definitely have some interest in because they're going to need uh, – point. I mean, you let Kennedy Chandler go. Uh, we don't know what's necessarily going to happen with – with job, I mean, with uh, Tyus Jones, whether they're going to move him, the job Morant situation going on. So point guard is definitely a position of interest, uh, man, and I definitely think he's a guy like a combo that could, if he had to in a pitch, come in and play some minutes, maybe even alongside job Morant. So a uh, pretty pretty good prospect, man. I, I saw some good things on film. Not a guy that had big numbers. I think only averaged like eight or nine points a game, but uh, gritty. Uh, man, I think he's a really, really good, pretty good defender too. Uh, pretty good on-ball defender. He works pretty pretty hard on that end. So I like what I saw on tape, man. I don't know if he's a guy that projects as a, a big-time offensive player um, on, on an NBA level. I, I think his biggest potential is probably on the defensive end. Um, and I, I think that's probably where he translates. So, um, man, interesting prospect. Uh, we're interested to see if he actually gets drafted or or if he ends up on undrafted free agent market. But he, he's someone that I understand why the Grizzlies would have interest in. If they picked him up, I don't think I'd be mad at that. Yeah, the, there's something to be said about guys that know how to win. And, you know, playing on that San Diego State team, a team that, you know, that they were a five seed. Like you said, nobody nobody expected them to maybe, you know, maybe they did. Nobody outside of that locker room expected them to make a deep run in that tournament. So, you know, I, I think you, you learn a lot, even at the collegiate level, playing in games at the level that he played. And I said that the – the clutch gene, not everybody has it, man. Not everybody wants the ball at the end of the game. Not everybody can handle that type of pressure. And so I, to me, seeing him knock down those shots shows me that he, he's wired a little bit different. And, and that, that's what it takes at times. You know, the guys that, that kind of live outside the box that, that are going to work or not, not be scared to work to, to push themselves to get to the next level. So yeah, I, I agree. I, I don't, I can see why they worked him out. I don't have an issue if this is a guy that they take a look at. Just man, they need they need spacing, right? Like they they need guys that can knock down the shot. And even on the the thirty four percent from three, you go and you watch film on this kid, and you can see multiple times where he's taking guys off the dribble, hitting a step back. Yeah, his shot doesn't look bad at all. Yeah, like there's not that there's a a couple guys that we're going to talk about. A little bit later on in the show, shot mechanics wise, when when you're watching him shoot, when you was um when you're watching Butler shoot, man, very, very smooth. It's a repeatable form. It's not something that has a whole lot of movement in it. 
So I, I think that that like he will if he gets a run in the NBA, I think that he will be a decent three point shooter, and, and that's something. You know, we saw the difference that Kennard made for the Grizzlies when he was on the floor. They need more of that. You know, they they went and got David Roddy in hopes that he would be that later in the season that, you know, he, he kind of showed up a little bit. Conchar fell off the face of the earth whenever it comes to shooting. So you, you have to – obviously, we would love to see them get veterans. But when you have a team with a core like this – you're going to have to be smart about the guys that you're drafting because to create sustainability, you have to be smart about the players that you're putting around them. And that's that's what it's going to take is finding guys that you can mold into the type of players that you need to plug in around this core. Yeah, that's what I was saying, especially with those three two-way spots. Um, you, you you let Chilly, Kenny, Kenny Chandler go. He could be fill that spot if they decide not to bring Kenny Chandler back. That's a possibility of something that could – Go down. I do want to send a shout out to his dad, Lamont Butler Sr. He actually followed me and he liked my advertisement uh for, for today's podcast. So he he might be tuning in, man. So shout out to Lamont Butler Sr. Definitely wouldn't mind seeing seeing you guys here in Memphis, man. Uh I, I like what I saw on tape. Uh and again, man, he's he's a guy well, like you talked about, he can create his own shot. And, and that's definitely something that you always look at uh when you're talking about guys. Can they create their own shot? That's always a plus. When you take it to the next level, so uh, again, man, like like what I saw. Uh, again, hit big time shots. He's done that uh, throughout his time at, at San Diego State. So, man, good player, man, and good the best of luck to him. And if he ends up in here at Memphis, man, I, I definitely wouldn't mind seeing it. Yeah. So, man, but let's toss it. I'll leave it up to you. We got there. We're talking about uh, Dylan Mitchell, Gigi Jackson, Keontae George, and then your buddy from Houston. Jarris Walker, yeah, I said a lot of Jarris Walker. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, but let, let, let's let's go with Dylan Mitchell, man. Uh, six okay. seven, two two hundred two hundred pound freshman, uh, soft small forward, uh, out of Texas. Uh, interesting uh, freshman season, man. He came in with a a, a lot of accolades uh, about a month. Verde High School Academy down in Florida, uh, but no, not a lot of production. Uh, this, this is pretty much all rooted in potential with him. Um, only averaged 4.3 points, four rebounds, 17 minutes a game. Did not even attempt a three-point shot the entire season and only shot 41% from the free throw line on 37 attempts. So the numbers don't look good at all. But if you're paying attention to what's going on out of the combine, he's had a really good combine. Like if you talk to some of the people that's out there, he's near the top of the list of of guys that they said that impressed them in, in the scrimmages. Shot the basketball really well. Shot the cover off the ball. And that's something that he's never really done. Like I said, didn't even take a, a tip at Texas this past season. And he's hitting mid-ranges, hitting from three. Uh, shot looked really smooth. I watched the video of him at the combine. And then he was really knocking down shots. So but that, there's definitely some upside there, it looks like, uh, that people weren't expecting. But the biggest thing for him is definitely when you watch him, the athleticism. I mean, just an absolute freak athlete above the rim. I mean, just goes to the rim, finishes with authority. Um, he, he, I mean, he's a lottery ticket for whatever team takes it. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of upside. I think he has potential as a slasher, but I think one thing that has shown, shown through outside of the offense is on the defensive end. I, I, I think he has elite uh, potential on the defensive end. Um, he kind of reminds me of uh, Aaron Gordon, maybe a, maybe a couple inches shorter, but that's kind of what I see on tape, a guy that's not a great shooter, uh, but Aaron Gordon – made himself a much better shooter 
Um, because he could knock down a three every now and then now and, and, and get hit a mid-range shot. At first, when he first came in the league, pretty much all athleticism, all dunks. And, and that's kind of what I see from Dylan Mitchell as a guy that will come into the league. Uh, he'll be able to finish at the rim. I think he'll be able to guard from day one because I think it, I think defensively, I, I think he has elite potential. Uh, for for a guy his size, I think he'll he'll be a shot blocker. Um, I just think that offensive game, man, is just the big question mark because it's almost non-existent right now. Uh, even in high school, he only averaged about eleven points a game. Um, I think on on, on his senior year at Montverde, but uh, it's potential, and he's a guy that I think Tankathon has him. He's a mid to to bottom of the second round, but there are a lot of people down that think that he could end up at the bottom of the first round just by what what he's done at the combine. Because athleticism jumps off the tape. If he gets in a workout, people are going to love his athleticism. And, again, I think defensive end, at least initially, is something that will translate immediately. He just got to find that offensive game. But watching him shoot, man, his shot doesn't look broken at all. I mean, he looks super smooth uh, pulling up off the dribble um, and with the set shot on a video I saw from the combine. Uh, so there's a lot of potential there. And, like I said, the draft is basically rooted in potential. I mean, you'll see guys that are juniors and seniors that average – 24, 25 points a game, and they're going in the second round, and you have a guy in the lottery that averaged nine points a game. So the DGM love potential, man. They love room to grow, and I think Dylan Mitchell is a boomer bust prospect. I think he's a guy that you could take him at the bottom of the, of the first round, and he ends up being one of the better players in his draft long term because he has a, a high ceiling that he could grow into, uh, especially on the offensive end. But defensively, I think he's going to be a really good player. If he gets that jump shot down, I, I think, man, he could be a big-time player, much bigger than where he ends up getting drafted. Yeah, one of the first things that I wrote down when I was watching film on, on this kid, you look at the numbers, 3.9 rebounds a game. The first thing I wrote down was was great rebounder. He has an eye for, for going to get the ball, and his motor is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. the motor is like super he, high. He was only playing 17 minutes a game, so I'm a little bit skittish. I'm like, okay, 17 minutes a game, maybe he was just out there going 100 miles an hour because he knew he was going to be in limited minutes. But I like even in those limited minutes, man, like you, you see so many times this dude is out of position and finds a way to rebound the basketball. And yeah. It was time and time and time again, and that's something – you know, you you can be an elite defensive team, but if you don't rebound the ball well, doesn't matter. Like you have to rebound the ball in order to end, the, you know, like to to end the defensive possession. And he's a guy I think could be a rim protector. And then if he doesn't block the shot, alters it, go and get the rebound to end the possession. That there's a lot of of good movement from him without the ball. I like his handle. Uh, obviously, you you would probably need to tie it up a little bit at the next level, but for where you're going to have this kid playing, I, I think that that is a skill that he would use. Like he could grab the rebound, run the break. Um, I let's see, I'm 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 trying to read my notes while I'm talking here, and I about started saying what I was reading. I'm stumbling. Yeah, that, 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 yeah, that's what kind of happened to me last last episode, man. I was trying to looking down at my notes, getting 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 a little messed up there, but. He's, I mean, his motor is off the charts. He's a guy that strikes me as a guy that's going to work to get better. That That's yeah, the positive yeah, that I take out of it. I, I don't, I don't have any doubts. I, I think that offensive game, because his shot, shot's not broken. Uh, I mean, you watch his shot. I mean, I looked at that video. I'm like, man, this dude didn't even attempt a three 
at Texas. I couldn't believe that when I read that stat. I was like, man, I can't believe that he didn't even shoot a three, man. Did not shoot a three um, at at Texas. But he is a really good rebounder. At four rebounds in 17 minutes, that's pretty good for a guy that's not a four, not necessarily a four or five. So there, there's a lot of potential there. And again, man, there's a lot of people, a lot of scouts and, and a lot of draft guys are saying that they think that he could possibly sneak into the, the bottom of the first round now where he was down in the 50s um, on most mock drafts. I think Tankathon might still have him around 52, 53. Uh, so I, I think there's a team that might take a chance on him, especially a young team that's not really looking for someone to come in and contribute right away. Um, he, he's a player that I think two or three years down the line, again, could could vastly outplay their draft position. Um, and he, he has, I think, tools that fit some of these guys in a lottery. It's just not built into production yet. You just need to see it from him. Uh, but but there's a lot to like when you watch him on film. Like you said, high motor, high energy, just just has to turn it into production. Yeah, and, and I was trying to see if I could find his mid-range stats while we were talking here, and, and I didn't get to him. But when, when you're watching him, I, I wrote down he has ability to score off the bounce. And so, yeah, he didn't take the threes, or he didn't have three-point attempts. But there's plenty of, of films showing this kid – taking his defender off of the bounce. And so who do you match up against him at six, eight and like with his length, he's going to be kind of a mismatch for, for certain people. Like if you put a big on him, he's going to be too quick for them. If you put somebody that's smaller than him, he, yeah, he's going to be stronger than him. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I, I like him quite a bit. There's definitely some things that he needs to work on. The, the 40% free throw percentage is yeah, that's, as hell. That's it's ugly, like, but- Man, like, okay, is is there any hope that this form is going to come around and he's going to be able shot, to he only, be? He only shot thirty seven, but still, man, yeah. that's that's yeah, pretty rough, man. For forty percent is brutal. That's like yeah. that's like big man bad. Yeah, and and he doesn't. While he is a good rebounder, I don't know that he's going to put up, you know, elite enough stats. In order to keep him on the floor, shooting the ball that bad from the free throw line. Yeah, you can't be you can't be at forty percent, man. Not especially not at not at not a, not a, not a small forward uh, as a forward, man. You can't be shooting forty percent. I I don't know what happened there. Like I said, I I, I didn't watch him a lot in Texas last year. Um, I, I saw him in high school. He was a big time high school prospect, and he just kind of disappointed. I mean, he was expected to be. I mean, there was one time where uh, he was projected to be like a top five pick at one point. Um, in, in the NBA and that year at Texas kind of kind of shot all those down. But when he was in high school, he was expected to be a lottery type guy. So that people see that talent in him, he, he just has to get it out of him. And for some reason at Texas, the production just wasn't there. And like you said, only played 17 minutes per game. But I think there's a lot of upside there. If you're looking for a guy that you're willing to take a risk on a guy that has a lot of upside, it's, it, it, he's that guy. Um, and you hope he doesn't. Doesn't go the route of what we've seen kind of from, from our guy Zaire Williams. I, I haven't given up on him. Uh, I still think there's a chance there, but it's kind of the same thing. Uh, a guy that didn't have a lot of production in college, but you think there's more that you can get out of him. Uh, I think this is a kind of a, a similar situation. He's not going to go top 10, though. That's kind of what happened with Zaire. But I think there's a lot, a lot of room for him to grow, and he could really pay off for you. Again, like I said, it's a lottery ticket. Yeah, size, length, ability to handle the ball. Scotty Barnes is a guy that kind of comes to mind. Yeah, you know, says yeah. Scotty, Scotty didn't that. have great college numbers. Gets to Toronto, works on his game, develops. You know, ha- has a fantastic rookie season, and he's he's been a good player 
from day one, yeah, pretty much. Definitely so. improved, improved his shooting. Um, and that's something yeah. that Dylan needs to do. Like you said, size-wise, kind of strong, both of those guys. I can definitely see see that comparison. Yeah, so let's go, uh, let's go with Keontae George, six foot four inch guard out of Baylor next. Uh, he was 34% on six plus attempts from three this year. He was, he's much better catch and shoot than off of the bounce. Yeah. I, I would say maybe even elite catch and shoot three point shooter. Um, and, and the thing about him, like at his size, I was thinking, okay, this kid's going to be crazy athletic. Like I'm going to see some, some stupid bounce, but. There's not a ton of athleticism, and I don't mean that like he's athletic enough, but that's not – when you're looking at strengths, that's going to be pretty far down on the list. Yeah, he, he, but, he's but, not going to talk on anybody or anything like that. But Yeah, but his skill, man, like you can tell that he's put in work because the things that he does on the floor, there's a lot of people that play this game that can't do it, and that's – you know. Elite passer out of the pick and roll that there. I watch him destroy defenses on film out of the pick and roll. I'm not going to say he, he's not a guy that is scoot level good out of the pick and roll, but it wouldn't surprise me. I'd say he's probably top two, top three, yeah. you know, like operating the pick and roll coming yeah, out. He's going to kill you if you play and drop. I mean, yeah. He's like you said, he's not scoot, but he's. He's he's pretty high. Like if 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 he's not the he's not the best in his draft, or Scoop's the best. He's probably second as far as guards go. He's gonna kill teams if they if they play drop on him. Yeah, I I like the thing. He is a better shooter than Scoot right now. Like Scoot's mid range oh, game yeah. is good from the three. He's not great, and uh, Keontae can shoot the ball very well. Uh, he's he's a three level scorer. He's got a super quick release, so he doesn't yeah. need a whole lot of space to get that shot off. <laughs> Um, I think the only thing that's keeping this kid from going up the board is the fact that he's six four six instead four. of six seven. Yep. That's it. And six four is not small. <laughs> six four is not small. Yeah, but I, I wrote down discount Clay Thompson. Uh, but that, that's not any disrespect to him. Uh, I know he's a little, a little smaller at six four. Like you said, if he was six 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 seven, he'd be. I think we'd be talking about a top five, top six pick. As far as talent, uh, I was kind of surprised that that three point number was only thirty four percent. Because when you watch him on film, it I know I know those are highlights, a lot of it, but feels like he would be a higher percentage than that. Was seventy seven of two twenty eight overall, so he got him up, man. That's a super high volume. Uh, shot two hundred twenty eight threes, like you said, three level score. Really, really good self creator. Um, he can create his own shot. Uh, has a really, really nice release on that shot. Um, I think he has elite potential as a pull-up shooter. That's kind of said. That's why he kind of reminds me of Clay Thompson. That quick release does a lot, a lot on the move. Uh, shoots the basketball really well uh, on the move. Um, moves really well without the ball. Um, for for a guy his size, man, you wouldn't think that. But you wouldn't think this. But he likes to initiate contact and finish uh, at the rim. Like he he doesn't shy away from from contact when when he's going to the basket. Um, and he kind of also man it fits that Golden State mold because he's a guy that embellishes a lot and draws fouls. He's definitely he's gonna fit in the NBA game because he already kind of has that down to a to a science as far as the kind of stuff that you see Steph and Clay do embellish when they shoot threes and kind of initiate contact and get those calls. He's definitely gonna be able to to do that on the next level. Um has a little runner in his bag uh that I like. Um uh, can score with both hands, but he's probably he's probably better going left uh and, but he, he can score with both hands. Um and he's deadly in the catch and shoot. Uh, like you said uh, earlier, I mean he's he's really good. I mean he's 
Like I said, if he was six, if he was six, six, wasn't six, four, was six, 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 seven, I, I think we're talking a top five, six player in this draft. I don't think there's any question about it. Um, I, I think he has some potential as a pick and roll facilitator. Uh, it, it's really, really good passing in the pick and roll game. Uh, like I said earlier, he's going to be elite. I think if teams play drop coverage on him, he's going to kill him with that pull up ability. I mean, he also has a job. He does a good job of, of passing the cutters. Uh, when when one teams play drop as well, so I, I really love his offensive game. Um, out of the guys that that we we're talking about today, I probably like his take probably the best. Uh, out of any, any of the guys that we're going to talk about, um, he's definitely top two. He's definitely top yeah, two. He's definitely top two. Um, out of the guys we're guys talking about, about today, okay, yeah. all right. Uh, but some some negatives. I mean, he can get dribble happy. Uh, I mean, and try to do too much and, and turn the basketball over. He'll you'll get. Uh, t- tunnel vision sometime and try to force some stuff. Uh, teams kind of kind of sit on his drive sometime because he's he's not a guy that passes the ball a lot. So he's kind of a, he has a score first mentality and teams know that. So they kind of sit on, on on his drives a lot and sometimes he'll try to force it in there anyway and get in trouble um, and end up turning the basketball over. Uh, he, so he, he doesn't read the defenses really well. He he will make some bad passes. I saw several times where. He made some passes. And I'm scratching my head, like I don't know what you were were looking at there. Um, it doesn't necessarily move his feet well in one on one situations in ISOs. Uh, but outside of that, man, his offensive game is. It, I mean, I, I think he's going to be an elite shooter, uh, elite pull up shooter. And again, man, Clay Thompson is the name that I know that's very high praise, man. But I think if he reaches his ceiling, he could be that kind of shooter. Not going to ne- never going to be six 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 seven, but. I think he's going to be a guy that can really score in this league. I just think some of those things I said about as far as him being able to move and, and shoot on the move, move without the basketball, being able to shoot and draw fouls, I just think he's going to be a, a really, really good player on the next level. I think he, he's going to fit in really well. And teams going to teams going to love him, man. Whoever whoever drafts him, man, they're, they're lucky because I think they're going to have a guy that can, can really shoot the basketball. I don't know if he'll ever be a, a plus defender. Um, I think he'll be adequate, but his shooting ability, I think, is the reason why you take him, man. So I, I like what I saw from him a lot. Yeah, the the only thing, the only point that I didn't make that I've written down here, I was kind of going back through my notes. Uh, really good, tough shot maker, and and that no, that can be that can be scary. It's like, okay, why is he taking so many tough shots? Is it because he's making poor decisions? Maybe you can contribute some of it to that, but I mean, being having the ability, like if you get the ball late in the shot clock, you're going to have to make a tough shot. Like I said earlier, the the quick release kind of plays into that because he doesn't need much time or space. Oh no, he doesn't need space at all. Yeah, and so that's that was the only thing that I had written down that we hadn't talked about yet. So we're down to the final two. Uh, that we're going to talk about today. You want to uh, you want to go to Gigi next, or you want to go to uh, go to your, your boy from Houston? Yeah, well, we'll 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 say the best for last. I said that George was the best, but a uh, foreshadow when I think our last guy is probably probably the best. I, I love both of them. I, I love both of them as prospects. But let's go with Gigi Jackson, man. Six nine, two hundred fifteen pound freshman power forward out of South Carolina. Eighteen years old, uh, fifteen point six rebounds, thirty two point four percent from three. Uh, 55 uh, of 170 overall. Um, and he's kind of a blessing and a curse. Like I, I watched South Carolina multiple times this year, and when when I was going through film tonight, I tweeted out that I liked him a lot more than than I thought I did. And offensively, some of the things in his offensive game, I did when I started watching film tonight, 
on him. I liked it a lot more than kind of what I had seen live when I was watching him. But the more that you watch him, if you, you flip over to the defensive side, man, it is not pretty at all um, on the defensive end. Uh, but start with the positives, man. Uh, ISO scoring. And, man, when it comes to ISO scoring, man, he doesn't have a bag. He has a suitcase uh, <laughs> of moves when it comes to break, breaking down his defender, man. Um, and, and I'm definitely not saying that he's going to be this at all because he definitely has some big-time deficiencies, and we're talking about a Hall of Famer. But some of the moves that he makes in, in the high release on his shot, it, it kind of reminds you of some, some of the same stuff that KD does. And I'm please don't say, say that I'm thinking that he's going to be KD. I'm not, not saying it at all, but that – that kind of dribble step back, pull up, and, and at a high release on his shot, um, that turnaround fadeaway, some of the same stuff that you see KD do. Uh, he can get by his man and get to the hoop, um, and he can finish with either hand. Uh, p- probably best when on the, on the catch and shoot. He's not as good off the off the bounce. Uh, I mean, he can score off the bounce, but he's better at catch and shoot. Has potential as a slasher, um, I think. Not a big time athlete, but definitely definitely good enough. Um, I think one first thing that jumps off to you negatively is the shot selection. Um, and, and I think some of that probably has to do with South Carolina really didn't have anything else. I mean, that was a bad basketball team, and he was their guy. Uh, I mean, every pretty much everything ran through him. One stat that's crazy that you look at for him, I think he averaged – I can't remember. I, I didn't even write it down. He, significant amount of minutes. He didn't even average an assist per game. Like, he was their major high-use player, and he only averaged 0.8 assists per game. That's something that – Really stood out to me. Like he ain't passing the it's ball. All about Gigi, baby. <laughs> it's all about all about Gigi. That's and that's the negative when it comes to his offense, man. He can he gets tunnel vision and just tries to tries to take go one on three and force it. He run into double teams and turns the basketball over. Um, I, I think he has really really good potential as, as an ISO scorer. And, and I think maybe if he gets into the NBA, maybe some of that tunnel vision goes away because he's not in that same role. I mean, we kind of talk about a guy in Dylan Brooks that we've kind of seen some of the same stuff from. So you you don't want a guy that won't concede to a role. Like when you're not making shots, you don't want to see guys continue to shoot. I mean, we saw that with Gigi at South Carolina. Like you just hope that's just kind of him being a man and he had to had to take those shots because nobody else was going to take them. Um, on, on, but when you switch over to the defensive side, man, it is not good at all. Um, defensive posture is terrible. I mean, he he'll he'll give up on plays and just let guys drive right by him. He just seemed disinterested, just get lost, um, just ball watches. He has a bad habit of going under screens and gives up easy looks. Doesn't rotate well at all. Doesn't guard the screener or the ball handler well in a pick and roll. I mean, he he is rough on defense. I mean, that's some of the worst defensive tape I probably probably ever watched. Like he doesn't even put in any effort um, on that end, and that's that's a red flag because. One big indicator to me usually uh, was a guy is, I, I say a foxhole guy, guy that you want on your side is, do they put in the effort on defense? Some guys, like Luke Kennard, for instance, he's never going to be a plus defender, but it's not because he doesn't try on that end. Like that, and that's one thing that you saw from Gigi. There were games where I saw, I just looked at him, he just gave up. Like his man just walked, went right by him. He just put his hands down, standing straight up. No defensive posture. He just let the guy go right by him to the rim, just lazily going on the screens. He doesn't put in any effort on the defensive end, and that that's what turns me off from him. Like, I, I don't think I could take him because he just – I don't know if he has the motor or the will to get better. He's just one of those guys I think that 
wants to take put up shots and he, he cares about his offense and just doesn't put in put much effort on the defensive end. Maybe he gets an NBA and gets with a coach that can can pull that out of him. But the, the one year in South Carolina, man, that wasn't the case at all. Man, he looked rough on that end. But I, I think ISO scoring wise, man, he has some skills. If he could, he's not a fantastic shooter, but if he could become a really really good shooter, work on this shot and make it more consistent. He would be hard to guard offensively. I just worry about his defense. And again, I'm not so much worried about the shot selection because I just think that a lot of that had to do with him having to be that high volume shooter. But the defensive end, man, is something that I don't know if he's going to improve on it in because it's just so bad. I think you're being a little bit tough on him. It's hard to find, but there were a few games, or maybe not even games, a few possessions. <laughs> I saw him like when he was guarding on the ball, when he was actually putting effort in one-on-one defensively, I think that he could be serviceable. And he shouldn't think about it. He should be because he has. The, yeah. The, he's the got the and everything. Tools. Yeah. The physical tools are definitely there, but man, like when, when he is not guarding, when he's not point of attack defender, <laughs> excuse me. That dude checks out, man. Man, just like checks he, completely out. He's daydreaming. I, I don't know. Like, man, think about what he's going to eat after the game, man. Like, yeah, like this man's off in a Disney movie somewhere. So, <laughs> like, th- there are flashes in there where he can be a defender that is serviceable with his size and length. He should be better than a serviceable defender. I th- it's like you said, it's all about effort. And that's something. If you get him matched up with the right coach, maybe they can bring it out of him. I wrote down the three-level score with a question mark, and I put the question mark there because he settles a lot. Like He'll get space, or he'll get a lane where he can get downhill, and he'll settle for a pull-up jump. Pull-up jumps, yeah. Yeah, And then there's times I saw him get to the rim a couple times in film – and he finished fairly well, but more often than not, instead of getting completely downhill to the rim, he would just stop and pull up. Pull up, yeah. And I, I'm like, oh man, it just, I guess the uh, the Dylan Brooks effect has me worried. Yeah, if, exactly if you can coach that out of him, because I said it about Dylan time and time again. When a guy is in a pressure situation, he's going to revert to his comfort levels. And, and that for Gigi Jackson, I, I think it's easy to see that his comfort level is mid-range jumper. He does that well. He he is able to tackle on, on the offensive end. He's got a ton, like you said, not just a bag, an entire suitcase. And when, when we're talking about ISO scoring and his footwork on the offensive end, is I guess another reason that it gives me hope on the defensive end. You talk about some of the turnaround shots that he takes. He had one. It's not just one possession, but he's got that little fallback jumper with the size and his release is high. So there, there was one. I'm like, look at that. Who is this man? Dirk? What was that? <laughs> I and, know, man. You see, he looks elite at times. Like with yeah. some of that stuff he does on the offensive end, I was like blown away. I'm like, this man, Dirk KD out here. And then, you see some of the bad stuff and the bad habits and some of the stuff on defensive end. I'm like, no, maybe not. <laughs> so, 
it's it's funny, man. I like I'm watching him. I'm watching the the film offensive end. I write down elite footwork, and then later on, I went back and put offensive end only because <laughs> you don't see it on the defensive end. So I, I he is a, guys that can get buckets like him tend to find minutes in the NBA. But if he if he is not an elite scorer at the NBA level, his minutes are not going to be there consistently. No, you, you're just not going to be able to play him, man, with it, with that type of effort on the defensive end. If he doesn't improve with that and he's just not big-top scorer like a guy that's just a, a flat-out bucket getter, you're not going to be able to keep him on the floor. Uh, but as I wrote down, man, he's a blessing and a curse because you see some fantastic stuff. Like, I, I see some things that with elite upside as far as ISO scoring and, and, and stuff like that. But then you look on the defensive end and some of the tunnel vision stuff, and, and it, it's not so good. So – He's a, he's an interesting prospect, man. I, he's all over draft boards. Like I've seen him early second. I've seen him b- bottom of the first. I've seen him mid first, the bottom lottery. Like I've seen him all over the place. And I think a lot of that has to do with exactly the way we laid this out here. Like some really good things you see. And then you also see some bad things. So he's a hard one to kind of get a handle on. I don't know. I'm not really sure what to expect out of him. The, the thing that I worry about is just like I said, the effort. If, if he's not. If you if he's not willing to put in the effort on the defensive end, you just kind of wonder does he have the the work ethic to kind of put into his game to get better overall. That's kind of what I worry about with him. But he's he's an interesting prospect. Yeah, and, and some of that could have been coaching because you know him being yeah, the team, number that one team option. Was bad. I mean that team is yeah. Terrible. It's the, the, there are a lot of things that factor into this, and and you know if you follow that team more, you may know more about it, but. You know, with us getting in here, there, there's a lot of places that you can go and, and, and rewatch game film and watch stuff, you know, highlights and different things with him. But how much of it is coaching? We, we don't know. They're just, there's definitely some things to throw up red flags, but you have to be happy if you're watching him on the offensive end of the floor. There's a lot to be happy about. He's got a lot of tools whenever it comes to that. So let, let's uh, move he, on. Well, I was yeah. going to say real quick, last point on him, but I, I think. He's a workout guy. I think he's a guy that could get in a workout and really impress somebody. I think he'll really do well in that type of setting. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see where, where he falls. I think Tankathon has him maybe at 23 right now. Uh, so Grizzlies had a 25th pick. Like I said, I'm, even though we're talking draft here, I'm, I'm kind of on the train of kind of moving those picks to try to get bet talent, but who knows how this thing's going to play out, especially with a lot of things that are going on around the team that we're not going to get in, into here where it's kind of, up in the air. If I'm the Grizzlies, I think I still operate as, as business as usual. Um, I, I think that's the best course of action, but who knows how this thing goes now. Yeah, I, I've seen him kind of late lottery in a few places. And yeah, then, he's all know, over the like, place. Yeah, yep. So it's kind of a – and it's funny, man. When, when you go and you're reading scouting reports on these guys, certain people focus on certain things, and you can tell – by like the, their notes, the stuff that they have on them. And then you, you go to the next guy and they're making a point and it's almost not the <laughs> yeah. complete opposite, but it's like this other guy yeah. didn't even mention that. And so it, it, it's just funny because as a fan of basketball, we all watch basketball differently. Yeah. And definitely. people, when they're breaking down prospects, they all look at stuff differently. Uh, so, so we'll, we'll wrap it up. Uh, we've been kind of, uh, you know, alluding to him all throughout the show if you are a Tigers fan, you're going to know this name. You've seen him a few <laughs> times this year. Jarris Walker, six foot eight inch forward out of future Houston. defensive player of the year. 
man. Houston had him playing at the five a lot. And, and I feel like the way this kid moves, he could play the wing. Oh, in, in the NBA, man. No like doubt. it's like I, I think the the film that, that I've watched on him, there's gonna be some point guards. I think that defensively only he will match up a lot like Dylan Brooks. Like he can guard almost anybody. There's going to be certain guards that are going to be too fast for him to guard. And there's going to be certain bigs that are too strong for him to guard. But if he gets switched on to somebody, you're not going to be like, Oh my God, he's toast because that's not going to happen very much with him. Like you say, you, you said future defensive player of the year. You see him blocking shots at the rim on the perimeter everywhere his his timing for shot blocking some guys are shot blockers some guys are not this kid is if, if he was seven foot with a big wingspan th- this kid would have averaged six blocks a game in college because his timing is impeccable um I, I like him his ability to be a playmaker at that size i think that he could be a really good secondary playmaker for an offense uh gr- very very good touch with passing I saw him make a number of live dribble passes. I talk about that. I don't say all the time. I talk about that's something that I pay attention to because to me, that's what separates guys from being uh, that they can be a decent playmaker to, okay, if they can live dribble pass and, and do it with accuracy, then they can be a playmaker at the next level. He had like, there were a number of times he had touch passes where they're they're feeding him in and he sees his his uh, front court mate cut into the basket and he like volleyball taps it over to them and catches them and try and they dunk it. There's so many positives whenever it comes to him. I'm really surprised that you don't see him farther up the board when you know like I think the highest that I've seen him is five. Yeah, and, I was gonna say I saw him at five on one earlier yeah. today. And I'm just gonna say this, man. You got Jalen Duran in in uh, Detroit. If you add Jarris Walker to that team, defensively down low, they're gonna be stupid, man. That like I don't know what their starting lineup's gonna look like. Like so, let's say if they went Cade, Ivy, Walker, Wiseman, and Duran, like I, <laughs> that, that's gonna be tough. That, yeah, that's, that's gonna be tough. God, I'll let that man. That length. I mean, you got big point guard. I mean, that's that's a that that would be a problem uh, for for some teams, man. They're gonna they're gonna they give you hell defensively, um, especially man. But I I think uh, and I felt like this all year. I don't feel like Houston used Walker properly. I feel like his usage should have been higher. Like when they played against Memphis, I was happy that he wasn't more involved. But I don't think they got him involved enough. I think there was a lot more that they could have gotten out of him. And I think he's going to be a, a much better player. I think he's going to show some things even more so on the NBA level than he showed at Houston. I just don't think they got enough out of him for his talent level. I always felt like that when I watched him play. I mean, you talk about the walking definition of a of a, a modern-day kind of big uh, combo forward. I mean, he is it. I mean, elite point of attack potential. Um, like I said, I think, like you said, uh, he's definitely better to guard. I think that the two two five there'll be some ones. I think that'll be a little bit too quick. Uh, some fives that'll be, be a little bit too strong. But as far as you talking about guys that can guard all over the floor, he's definitely that. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. I think he'll. 
I, I think he can even play some small ball five uh, at times. I think he's strong enough, depending on who you're matching, matching up against. The versatility is just off the charts. That's what I love about him so much because it's just, he's just a unique player. Uh, the, so the things that he brings to the table, moves his feet like, I'm saying, elite level feet movement as far as defensively, man, the way he can can move over and, and, and recover and, and help side defense is just off the charts. Um, and he shows a lot of patience and discipline, doesn't gamble a lot on defense. I mean, it's, it's I mean, his IQ on the defensive end is almost impeccable. Like when you watch film, like he barely ever misses an assignment. Like he's always where he needs to be. I mean, the fluid fluidity in his movements, he's just, I mean, almost like, you hate to say a perfect defender, but a lot of the stuff that he does, man, it's just right at 100% there. Like, he's just always where he needs to be. Um, he uses his length, I think, to the maximum uh, of his abilities. Uh, when he went on drives, he, he uh, uses his length. He walls up to finish um, on guys in the post. Uh, like I said, good weak side rim protector. Um, I mean, he can – like, and you don't see a lot of guys that can do this. He can take over a game defensively. Like, there are not a lot of guys. Jaron is a guy that can do that. Uh, but you don't see a lot of guys that on the defensive end can absolutely wreck a game. And, and I think he's going to have that type of ability uh, on on a, on the defensive end. Uh, I mean, he's really good on catching shoots. Uh, when he catches the basketball, um, he squares up really well, uh, sets his feet really well on catching shoots. When he shoots off the, off the dribble, it, it's not as good. But when when if, if you leave him open and he catches shoot, man, he can he's usually going to knock that, that shot down. You have to honor that. Um, so, I mean, he's a big-time prospect, man. I think he's, like I said, he has defensive player of the year potential. I mean, really good passer um, off the bounce and out of the high post. Uh, he's really good passer out of the high post. So I saw some really good actions from him uh, for, for guys cutting. Um, if he lands somewhere with a good point guard, man, he's going to eat in the pick and roll. Uh, I, mean, you, 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 I mean, you put him with a point guard that can really pass the ball, man. He can really get to the basket and finish. But I think improvement-wise – one negative that I will say about him, I think he settles too much. He has a little floater that he goes to, and instead of going all the way to the basket and finishing strong, as big as strong as he is, he can finish more at the rim. You you like to see him finish more at the rim. A lot of times he settles for that little floater, um, and I wish he goes to the rim more because you look at his numbers. Um, he he's not really great off off the bounce, off the drive. He was only nineteen to sixty six, twenty eight point eight percent on drives. Um, and he also has a 19.6% turnover rate when driving. So he's not really good when driving to the basket. Again, he usually just stops for that little pull up. Um, he just doesn't attack the rim the way that I think he could. That's, that's something that I think can be coached. I mean, if you tell him to, that, that man, you big and strong, man, go up and finish at the rim. I, I think he'll start doing that more, but that's something that I noticed. I mean, it's kind of tic tac for, for, for him because I mean, he does so many things well, just if you're trying to find something negative, needs to be better at attacking closeouts. He doesn't do a really good job of that. Only shot 15 of 49. I think what I wrote down here, 30.6% on pull-up jumpers. Um, and he's also not great in one-on-one face-up situations. Um, and I, I think that's something that he needs to improve on. But, man, defensively, I, I think he's probably, in a, I, I want to say the best defender in this draft, definitely has the highest defensive IQ. Um, I, I don't think there's any question about that. And that's something that's, Definitely going to translate. You don't have to worry about him on the defensive end. Um, and I, he does some good things on offense. I would just like to see him finish stronger at the rim. That's something that you don't see him do a lot. And I think he has the ability and the strength to do it. Um, you just want to see him do that more. And outside of that, man, he's a 
really good prospect. And again, man, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him end up being a top three, four player out of this draft when things are all said and done. He has that type of talent. And I just don't think they allowed him to shine enough at Houston on easier than the floor. I think they could have got higher usage out of it. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt that, you know, it's, it's easy to see, like when, when we start talking about a guy, you know, and, and we start pouring on the positives, you know, you, you can tell that both of us like this guy and it's because there's so much like, and, and we, we hammered on his defensive capabilities, him finding himself in the right position on defense is not happening by accident. Not that many times. Like he, no, he's advanced and, for, for, for beyond his age uh, on a defensive end. Like I wrote that down, man. He's super skilled and just high IQ. He's only 19 years old, man. So it's going to get, it's going to get better because, yeah. because he's a guy that works hard. So I don't have any doubt that whatever his maximum ceiling is, I think he's going to reach it. I mean, he's elite again for a guy on the defense end because you just don't, you don't see a lot of guys in college play defense the way that he does. That's something that really stands out on film when you watch him. You Because you see a lot of Guys, they're guys that are really good defenders on college, but they make a, make a lot of mistakes still at times. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Nobody's perfect, but when you watch him on defense, man, 99% of the time, he's exactly where he needs to be. Um, and that's that, I just think that that's an elite trait that he has, and I think that's going to easily translate. Yeah, that, that, that leads to winning games, man. When you are in the right spot, I, I think it's going to be an extremely rare occasion that you will see him – out of position whenever it comes to defense. Cause he just, everything that I saw from him was like grade a, <laughs> like he, he was exactly where he needed to be. And even like, sometimes like if he was a fraction late, I wondered like there, there were times I watched, I'm like, okay, he's a little bit late there. And then he blocked the shot and I'm like, okay, maybe he wasn't late. Maybe that was his timing. Like that's where he wanted to be in order to block that shot because there were so many times watching him block shots. I'm like, okay, this is going to be a bucket. And he was a help defender. So he didn't get beat, but he was moving over to help and he got there. He got there and blocked the shot or done enough. He, he closed the gap enough that he made the guys alter the shot. And so, yeah, he he's going to be impact guy day one. What's his offensive game going to look like? I think that his ability to pass the ball is going to help him on the offensive end. That's going to open up stuff for him. I, I don't know that he's ever going to be like a, a 20 and 10 guy, but I think that he could easily be like a, you know, 14 and 10 and three plus defensive stats night in and night out because he's just that good on the defensive end of the floor. Yeah. And he can, he can knock down a three. Uh, I think that's a big, Big positive as well. One thing, one thing about him, and I thought he was bigger. He looked bigger than that to me. He's only listed listed at six eight two twenty. He looks bigger than that. Uh, but I, I like him a lot, man. I, and I think he's a guy that has almost zero bust potential. Like he's going to be. I, I think he's a lead on the defensive end, even if his offensive game just stinks. You're getting you're getting a guy that, which I don't, I'm not saying that's going to happen because I don't think that's going to be the case at all. But he's going to be an elite defensive player. I, I don't think there's any any question about that? Um, and, and like I said, man, all you add all that stuff. I, I think his offensive game will be good enough. And again, he's a guy that can knock down a three point shot. Like if you leave him open on a catch and shoot, he can knock that shot down. Like I said thirty five percent. I mean, and not low volume. I mean, he shot one hundred and one. He was thirty five of 
101. So that's not super low volume. So he he will take those shots. I mean, he'll knock them down. So and two assists a game, uh, which is really good as well. So I, I like what I saw, man. Seven rebounds. Uh, that that's not a, not a bad number at all. So yeah, man. I, I he would fit in Detroit. That 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 would be a a scary lineup, man. If you run in, you got that front line of you got him at the small forward. Uh, with with Duran and and, and uh, Jalen Duran and, and James Wiseman, and that's going to cause some problems for some teams, man. That'd be lockdown, especially when you got that size with Cade at the point guard position. I mean, all that length. I mean, that's scary to think about. Yeah, you may lack a little bit of shooting there, but uh, you know, I, I would just kind of dreaming stuff up. So let, let's that, that, land this play, man. Well, well, I was going to say real quick. I said that that fits the Detroit Pistons kind of moniker because they've always been known to be in this dirty defensive type team and they would they would definitely fit that so it fits mm-hmm. the city of detroit there's no question yeah no doubt we appreciate you guys tuning in we'll be back heck maybe as soon as tomorrow night with some more prospects we'll see how the timing works out we're going to try and do it um you know if we can work out our schedule we'll be back with another episode if not by the end of the weekend for sure right isaac we can make that happen before the end of the weekend another episode oh no, for sure we, let's go tomorrow yeah. night man ready yeah. to go all right knock them out so draft season is in full swing. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Again, this is one of our favorite times of year. We would love to be, you know, in the conference finals, rooting on the Grizzlies, covering those games. But it is what it is. We get to dive into this, and I am maybe not equally as happy, but I'm pretty happy doing this kind of stuff because I like spending hours upon hours just lost in basketball film. So you can get the show on Twitter at Ethos Grizzlies. Candace is not with us tonight. She'll be back soon. We'll be doing, uh, when we wrap up this draft coverage, we'll be doing uh, season grades for the Grizzlies players. So stay tuned for that. She's at Candace H901. I'm an NBA D will 21. Isaac's going to let you know where you can find him and get us out of here. Yeah, man. A lot of basketball junkie, man. Watching, watching film, man. Definitely, definitely never mad at that, man. But you can find me on Twitter at Isaac double underscore NBA. That's I S. AAC double underscore NBA. Man, we'll be back with five new prospects tomorrow night, man. So check us out tonight, man, and if we get ready for five more prospects tomorrow night as we continue to work our way down the draft board, man. We're gonna try to cover all these guys. Uh that, that's what we do here at Eto Grizzlies. We're trying to trying to bring you the information, man. Bring the information to the people, man. So make sure you keep it locked. Eat those grizzlies. And until next time, we're gone.